I am tremendously joyous and very grateful today to have the opportunity to, uh, to be in this space with Nancy Smith. Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate this. Well, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. I was going to mention to you, uh, we didn't, I think we had talked a little bit before we hit the record button, that I've had an opportunity to, uh, to read some about you and about your, and about your uh, practice of family law and your particular perspective. And that's why I am really excited to hear from you. And I thought I would start out the conversation a little more general, uh, if I could, and ask you what the work that you have done with families and are doing with families means to you at a deeper level. Wow, thank you so much. So I feel really grateful every day when I can show up to my work, my practice, um, where originally I didn't think I would be a divorce lawyer. I didn't think that this was going to be my gift to the world. But now I think it is. And I think it's an important opportunity to allow people some space so that they can grieve their losses and I can sort of shepherd them along the path of a transition. I feel like divorce is a transformational growth moment. And my job I see as being able to support people on their own journey. And I've been through my journey. I have my experience. I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, so I feel like I can offer some perspective and ultimately uh, empower clients to just make some good choices, even when really the choice to to be the person that they really want to be, even if they're feeling their worst, like to be the best person that they can be, even if they're still feeling their worst. And I understand that. And there's an opportunity there, I think. So that's what I like to explore. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, and what really uh, spoke to me was uh, when I read about you, about how, uh, you know, what is important to you as you work with, with couples that are going through this process. Uh, you speak of the term collaborative divorce, which uh, it really, really resonates with me on a lot of levels. Uh, just, you know, thinking about my own life and my own experiences. And I also uh, get the sense that, uh, you know, the way you speak of this, or at least what I've read, that this is not something that's just legal or financial, that there's also the emotional component to this. And so I was wondering, uh, you know, if, if this particular perspective is something that came to you all of a sudden, or if this has been more of an evolution uh, as you have practiced over the past 30 years? Great question. So around 2005, I think, is when I first discovered collaborative divorce. And I had had a particularly rough day in court. I think one of the parties called me a barracuda. Hmm. I, I was sort of, um, I sort of liked it, but I also didn't think that was such a great thing. And I it was sort of like a backhanded compliment. And so I started looking into whether there were any other ideas, any other ways for, to help people get divorced. And I just sort of realized that I would think I might be causing more harm than good. And collaborative divorce has been around for 30 years. It's a movement. It's a mindset. It's a practice. There are guiding principles. There is a organization, uh, an umbrella organization called the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. It's called the IACP. Oh, and wow. those of us, yes, and so they, they offer training and best practices and ethics on how to work as an interdisciplinary team to support people to get divorced in an out-of-court, non-adversarial process that honors their, you know, their emotionality, the financial reality, as well as the legal aspects. So the lawyers are not dominating the process. We are one of a team, and we work as a team uh, collaboratively to give the client 
the professional services that everybody needs during a divorce. I think of divorce as 80% emotional, 10% legal, 10% financial. And it's very difficult to make good decisions about very important, the most important things of your life, which are your relationship with your children and your future financial security. And it is almost impossible to make good decisions when you are overcome with emotions, which is very normal when you experience divorce because it triggers a lot of family of origin stuff and reje the fear rejection. I'd never want to underestimate the impact of rejection on the human spirit and abandonment and all, all of these issues that come up and people have, people struggle with it. And so I think getting the mental health people involved early is like really the first call you should make if you're thinking about getting divorced besides a collaborative lawyer who will not rush you off to court, but will definitely encourage you to go get the mental health support that you need because we all need it when we're going through something like this. Yeah, I thank you so much. And I really, I deeply honor that. I had no idea that that was an action, that, that is a movement and that, they, you know, there is an organization around that uh, and it is in terms of providing that support. Uh, I was wondering, at, at some point along the way, was there a recognition that this is really, uh, you know, about human consciousness and the way that human beings look at this particular process when, when they're going through it? Oh, I, I don't know I if think, that makes sense or not. Yeah, so for, for on a personal level and also on a collective level. So I think that the, the movement started with a couple of lawyers in Minnesota uh, who were friendly with each other, colleagues, and really they just decided this seems stupid to like go to court to fight over how we're going to manage a schedule of contact between two loving parents and how are we going to divide the money and the family estate in a way that's going to support both of them. And so they really decided consciously to just not go to court anymore. And then they dubbed it collaborative divorce. And then over time, the next generation added in the mental health professionals because they realized the complexity of what was happening here and the dynamic, the marital dynamic. Even when you have two good lawyers who are thinking, we want to be collaborative, we don't want to go to court, we want to support the clients. We don't really have the training or the skills, even though we spend a lot of time talking to clients about their emotions. And we usually say, look, I'm too expensive and I'm not qualified. So like, go call your therapist. But in this process, our mental health coach, they're not providing therapy and diagnoses, but they are providing um, somebody with skills in family systems and family dynamics and couple dynamics and grief. And they are part of a team to allow uh, a normalization of all the intense emotions that are just going to show up. And so we, are, we recognize that. And from my point of view, I think it is kind of spiritual. I, we don't usually talk about it from a spiritual point of view, but I definitely think it is. Because I just think everything is, you know, it's all kind of spiritual. It's how we choose to show up in our lives and how we manage um, ourselves in relation to others and the experiences that we might be confronting, whatever they are. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you're speaking about showing up as well. I believe I read something uh, when I was reading about you as well that really spoke to me uh, in terms of you spoke about how there's an opportunity for people to show up in a certain way. Uh, even though this is a very, you know, obviously a very difficult time for them and there's a lot of different emotions. And I would imagine that everyone's situation is different, but I really do find that incredibly empowering, uh, you know, to know that there is actually, an, you know, another way, so to speak, than than the traditional advert, you know, I don't know if I should say, I guess traditional may not be the right word, but just that adversarial approach to this. No, I think that is the correct word. I think it is traditional. And I think that collaborative divorce is the antidote to that. It's a, it's the opposite. It's, it's 
accepting our common humanity that um, suffering exists. And when you get divorced, it is going to be painful. The question is, you know, are you going to suffer? You're going to feel the pain, but how much are you going to suffer? And how many, how much of the shame and the blame and all those second arrows that we talk about sometimes, how much of that are we going to bring to our own either internal conversation or even to the external conversation where the adversarial system sets up a, a I think, and I, I think it just sets you up to be adversarial. It's a system that like the system is what is the challenge. Um, I think for most people, I think if most people had the correct support going into it, I think they would find maybe six months later, they don't really have that fight in them. They don't really want to destroy the other spouse. They don't want to ruin their relationship with their children. They don't want to, you know, they don't really want that, but the system itself kind of finds you when you're most wounded and um, have the highest degree of anxiety. And so then the lawyers take our direction from our clients in that super wounded state. And then we don't necessarily always adjust for the fact that they've probably been getting some help. Maybe they've had a spiritual coach. Maybe they've had some, some reckoning of themselves and, and their contribution to the ending of the marriage, which is what we hope for, right? We all want to grow and progress as humans in our development here. And if we encourage our clients to do that, then they're not going to want to stay on that adversarial path. And so sometimes I think there might be a little bit of a disincentive um, or at least the incentive is to just keep your client in that frame of mind when you first found them and they told you they want to go for the jugular. They want to go for everything they can. They want you to protect them. They want the lawyer to be their white knight and or their alter ego. And then we take our job really seriously and we try to do the best we can for our clients within a system that is not uh, compassionate and it's not heart-centered and frankly, sometimes it's not even rational. So I prefer the collaborative model for those reasons. Yeah, I love that. I, and I was going to ask you just how this has affected your consciousness and your experience of being a uh, an attorney who practices family law. Just looking back maybe over the years at, at what it was like, you just kind of speaking generally uh, to you. And I think you've spoken some to this in terms of what it's felt like, you know, as far as the adversarial nature of this. If I could ask how this has impacted your consciousness uh, in terms of working with clients in this in this very uh, revolutionary way, thank you. It's a it's a great question. I think for me at this point, um, because I had my own divorce, and don't get me wrong, and don't have your clients get me wrong that somehow I'm this paradigm of virtue. I I had a very tough divorce. My personal divorce was not collaborative. It was one of those moments where. My my former spouse said, "Oh, you're you're Miss Zen, and we can't in you know what so much for collaborative with me, you know." And oh, I'm like, no. "Yeah, I know." So not everybody is suited to the process, but um, and I didn't have my own divorce was not collaborative, even though I theoretically could have been. And so I have a little bit of regret about that. Like I maybe I I could have slowed down, maybe I could have um, maybe taken a little more time with it. But what I what it brings to me because I've been divorced is that. My divorce was the first experience in my adult life that truly brought me to my knees. <laughs> so it humbled me. And I think that sense of humility was able to get translated into my service for others because I would want you not to have to go through those experiences that I did. If, if I know there's a better way, and I, as a divorce lawyer and a person in this industry for 30 years, I feel like collaborative divorce is like the best kept secret. And so that's why I wrote the book, Untangling Your Marriage, because I really wanted the secret to be exposed. Um, I think that it needs to come to light that people have options and clients need to choose how they want to get divorced. And if they tell their lawyer, their divorce lawyer, hey, do you do collaborative? And if the lawyer says, no, I don't, or somehow 
poo-poos it or minimizes it, you as the client can take some autonomy and say, you know, an agency and say, you know what, you're not my, you're not my match. Let me go find somebody who is. And you will find collaborative divorce lawyers and professionals in every state in the country. It's fully legal, it's radical and modern, and it is the antidote to the to the traditional model, which I like to be part of like the vanguard. So I like it. I think it's great. Yeah, I definitely honor that too. And and I was going to ask you as well as this, you know, when they're looking at the healing aspect of this, I was going to, and just to make sure I understand, while I realize that, you know, your, your focus ultimately is on helping, uh, you know, supporting people uh, in terms of where they are uh, emotionally and what, you know, what they're going through, but at the same time, working through that system that's already been set up to to deal with these kinds of situations. I was wondering if you found yourself uh, in terms of how you support your clients, looking at them more holistically and looking at the situation more holistically. Definitely. I think it it also allows me to look at not only my client, but because I'm part of a team, I actually care about my client's spouse <laughs> because I know that I this is one of the Zen aspects of, of collaborative divorce is that I know now that you need to come together to separate well. And it's kind of one of those paradoxes, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that is, that's speaking to me. That really is. That's impactful. Yeah. Right. So like, I can't, I can't, you know, and make the, my, my client's spouse, the enemy, like that doesn't serve my client in the long run. And so I think we, we do understand that. And I think the beauty is in a collaborative model is the lawyers do their job. We, we can move, we can hold the container, we can move the process forward, but we don't rush solutions because we allow the clients the dignity of their own experience. And oftentimes one person in the, in the relationship is the one who's been thinking about it for maybe like a year before they had the courage to use their words and, and express themselves. And so they're maybe psychologically ready to be divorced. And frankly, they could come in and say, look, I'm ready. I want this done yesterday. And I would say, okay, I appreciate that. But when did you tell your spouse? And they'll say, oh, you know, I haven't yet. Mm. <laughs> and I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, okay, well, that's okay. That's good. Actually, we can like, we can set it up and create a narrative that is going to be uh, a productive conversation instead of sending your client, you know, instead of sending your spouse off to find, you know, uh, an adversarial attorney trained in the dark arts of adversarial warfare, right? Like you don't want to have that first very impactful conversation uh, to go south very quickly, which it can based on fear and anxiety and, and some of those more crippling emotions. Um, and feeling attacked is what really happens when somebody says that they want a divorce. It's very natural to feel like you're being rejected and um, attacked in some way and that you need to protect yourself. And I think that's what the natural urge is to go to a lawyer to for protection. But I would suggest that in a in a separation of a long term marriage or relationship, you just all you need protection from is like your own crazy thoughts like you just need to slow down take a deep breath and recognize that this is probably an opportunity for growth and for coming out the other side, you know, on a path that you're really truly destined for. Like if the relationship is not working, then the relationship's not working. Like, I think it's an important moment to like get a little philosophical about it, even though it feels very painful, but feelings are not facts. And sometimes this is actually a good opportunity to like come out the other end a little stronger, but you need good support, which is why I like the collaborative model. Yeah, that's thank you. And I, and I was going to ask also, and I don't know if this term or this phrase uh, applies in the legal profession. I've heard this many times in the medical profession or even in the mental health profession as the term is, cl is clinical distance. And so what I was wondering is, I was, and there again, it's not, a, it's not a judgment, but I was going to ask you, have you found uh, as a practitioner of law, 
uh, working with families in this type of situation. Do you have you found that you're as you as you have started when you started practicing collaborative divorce? Do you see yourself as actually have having had the opportunity to have your heart open or have it more open and maybe not have so much of that clinical distance, but really feeling and being open to however both parties are feeling? And I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but. Oh, Nancy, I didn't know if you're back with me. Hi, I don't know. How Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened. All of a sudden, everything just kind of froze. I was actually getting ready to call you, but it looks like we're still recording. I'm just so sorry that you got interrupted. Oh, that's okay. No, thank you. So I think the question was, um, you know, has my heart been opened by the process? And have I been able to experience that common humanity instead of the clinical sort of distance that we often keep um, as professionals? And I, I can answer that. Uh, definitely, it's impacted me. I am not generally, I'm a pretty tough girl. Like I'm a Jewish girl from Detroit. So I'm not one to cry a lot. And I've been a litigator, right? For 30 years. So I'm a, I'm a pretty tough girl. And, um, and there are definitely moments where, um, where my heart has been opened and I've felt the tenderness between the couple when they have that moment where they can, um, acknowledge each other in, in the room together, you know, before the pandemic, we'd always meet together and, I would, you know, I'd get some, usually we have these, uh, we have a, a baker in, in my town and she makes these beautiful chocolate macaroons. So I would always bring these chocolate macaroons for our, for our <laughs> eating, you know, for our treats. And I always found that, you know, it's very hard to stay angry either when you're eating chocolate or just breaking bread with people. So, so I'd, I'd often have some snacks and we'd come together and we'd sit in my conference room and we would just, we would have an opportunity to explore goals. And sometimes that can get really emotional because it's the first time people have been asked, you know, what do you want? Like, what do you see for yourself, independent of your status as a spouse, independent of what your spouse is going to think about your goals? Um, you know, just these opportunities where people can say, yeah, I remember you've always wanted to do that. And I never have. Like, I never really did. Right. Wow. And or or yes, you've said you've wanted to do that. And I'm really glad you're going to have that opportunity. And it's just a really nice moment because you don't get that in a traditional adversarial divorce case because you'll be in your room and me and my client will be in my room and then we'll wait and we'll go put you on the witness stand and then the judge is going to, you know, you're going to ask some questions in front of the judge and you're going to have seven hours if you have a full day or maybe you'll have a week of a trial to talk about your 20 year marriage. But in the end of the day, you're going to be pointing out all the flaws and all the bad stuff and no one's going to have the opportunity to look back and say what you really appreciated about each other and, and the life that you created, even though you're now looking to separate. Yeah. And I was going to ask also just in general, you know, not speaking about any specific client per se or clients. Uh, I was just wondering if there's been any surprises in terms of you, uh, you know, through uh, ushering people through this process, if you have seen 
uh, some transformation or some opening of hearts uh, or just however, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to limit it to anything, but just in terms of if there have been, you know, speaking of any surprises in terms of internal growth and, and oh, people's yeah. perspective I mean, shifting. And sure, tons of perspective shifting, um, because often, like I said, originally, people come in so wounded. And if you're the spouse who's not asking for it, if you're on the receiving end, it's a devastating sort of moment of time. And I think taking stock and slowing down and getting your supports and, and really figuring out how you um, want to, like you said, show up um, even if, as your best self, even though you're feeling your worst. And that's a lot to ask for somebody. Um, but I ask that, you know, every day, I, I, you have to show up as your best self, even if you feel the worst. And that's because not only is it good for you, but it, your children, if you have them, are watching you like a hawk. And so you yes. want to be able to demonstrate for children, whatever their age is, um, how to handle adversity and conflict with some degree of dignity and respect. That's what we need in the world. And I think, you know, world peace starts at home. Wow. That's, yeah. I just want to take a moment and kind of let that one sink in. Wow. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank you. And, I, and I'm shifting gears just a little bit, but, but still very much related to everything that you shared. Uh, I was going to ask just anything you might speak of in terms of what the process was like or when you discovered I don't know if this was something that was uh, just, you know, happened all of a sudden or if this was something that it was a work in progress, but just speaking about your book and what it was like for you to actually write that and go through the process of having it published and just what that experience has been or anything you might share, any formative experiences from going through that process. Oh, thank you. So I love writing and, um, and I've always been sort of a journaler and, you know, back in the days and this was just an opportunity. I had been thinking about it and I thought, gosh, I really do think people need to hear about collaborative divorce because I kept getting frustrated by the fact that the colleagues in across the country would often complain that we just don't have enough clients. Like, where are the clients? And the marketing mm -hmm. hasn't been super strong because most people don't even know that collaborative divorce is an option. And everybody knows now mediation. And, you know, but 30 years ago, um, mediation was kind of a new word. And people thought, what are, what are you saying? Meditation? medication what do you mean mediation like nobody really <laughs> knew right and now i think i think collaborative divorce is going to be like that and so now it's sort of like mediation on steroids is the way i look at it because you get the extra support not everybody needs it but if you are the type of couple that have a little bit of complexity going on either in the nature of the relationship and how you're going to undo your untangle the the marriage the emotional connections the money um, and you want that support then this is an option for you and um and you need to ask for it because it may not be the first thing on the divorce lawyer's mind. Um, and not everybody's been trained in the in the process. And it really does take a, a deep dive training. And they call it a paradigm shift for lawyers. Wow. And yeah. that's a big deal because it's not easy to shift a paradigm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And it really does require an internal commitment to it. So so I, I decided to bypass the lawyers because I was starting to get frustrated with the lawyers because they're always so cynical and they always just have a, a reason to say no. And I said, I need to bypass the lawyers. And I'm still happy to teach collaborative divorce to lawyers um, and bar associations and, and talk about the value of a team and all of that. And I love that. Um, and I really wanted to write something just for the people so that somebody who's thinking about a divorce could pick up the book and have basically 30 years of my experience, they can take it, you know, take what you like and leave the rest. It's not for everybody, but 
there should be something in there that might speak to your heart about how you want to behave. And I felt like that would be my contribution. Like that could be something positive and impactful to help people just behave better because I, I watch people, <laughs> good people behaving poorly. And I think it's because of the grief. And I just think that we don't acknowledge how sad <laughs> and challenging separating in a long-term marriage is because we don't have good rituals for it, which is why I think collaborative divorce is like a good closing ritual to a long-term marriage, whether you're married or you're not, because we spend a lot of time focused on the wedding industry and there's a lot of pressure to stay married, even if you're in an unhealthy, unsatisfying marriage, and there's no sort of safe, easy, dignified way to get out of it. And so I, I support that. I think that people need to be in relationships that are supportive of each other and bringing out the best in you. But if you end up in a situation where you're not, then I think it's the mature thing to do is to recognize it, acknowledge it, and say, how are we going to undo this in a way that's not going to be pain more painful than it already is? And that gives us, I think, a fighting chance to emerge healthy and wholehearted instead of bitter and resentful. And yeah. that's the question, right? Like, can we oh, do this yeah. in a way where we are not going to end up bitter and resentful? Because that is so easy. That is the easy, low-hanging fruit. You can just point <laughs> fingers, right? Point fingers and blame and shame each other and say that your spouse is the one who ruined your life. I mean, you could stay with that narrative as long as you want. Yeah. You can take it to the grave. And I've seen people do that. And they just seem bitter and unhealthy. And it's just not, those are not my people. Like, I don't want to hang out with people that are in that mindset because I think that we could all do a lot better. And it's up to us individually to, to bring our best selves to whatever it is that wherever our communities are, where we can lead from where we are and then demonstrate how to handle conflict in a, in a sensible way. And I think, yeah, I just, I, I so deeply honor all of this, Nancy, I really do. And I think that's all the questions that I have, but I did want to give you a moment. There's no expectation, but if there's anything I've forgotten to ask or anything that you feel moved to share, I just wanted to give you that space and time to be able to do that. Thank you. I just want to really um, just appreciate you ha having me here at talking about it, bringing this idea to your audience. I really, anybody who's got any questions about it, they are always welcome to call me. And um, and look into it. Just look into see whether collaborative divorce is a model that might work for you. It's not for everybody, but it, it's definitely out there, and people are practicing it. And uh, and I think it can be a really healthy way to to get through the the challenges that we all face when we get divorced. Yeah, and I just I, I so deeply honor your practice of this and you sharing your perspective and your experiences, and it really does mean a lot. I really appreciate it Thank very you. much. Thank you. Thanks so much.